All right. Welcome back to the Fitness in Philosophy podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing habit and fitness. James, how are things going? Things are great. Thank you. I'm uh, going to go for a bike ride after our uh, chat today. First first one in a while, just around the, uh, what would be called a uh, urban, urban bike ride? Yeah. Concrete bike ride, concrete jungle adventure, all those things. Yeah. That just, rem- I know, I don't know if you ever saw this one, but uh, that reminded me of probably one of like the funniest earliest early jackass sketches where they go urban kayaking. Oh no. It's just like they get in a kayak with like a helmet and just like go down flights of stairs and like the little bits of water on it. And <laughs> I'll have to see if I can find it on YouTube and send it to you. But it's uh yeah, they just like oh. launch off various like structures and crash and yeah. yeah. Um my daughter Hannah, my daughter loves that. Loves uh, those football ideas. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're genius. Like how someone thought of that, I don't I don't know, but <laughs> Well, I know how someone thought of it. They're just boys that get together and think of stupid shit and say, we should do that. Yeah. We should throw a little person out of a cannon. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll see if I can find it and send you to, but if I'm remembering it correctly, like there's like in the bit, like one of the flights of stairs that they're going down, it's like San Francisco or something. It's just like, Oh my God, this person's going to (laughs) die. Luckily they don't, but. (laughs) So many of those situations. Another funny one, not to, we'll end on that one, but the one that Hannah showed me the skit on was uh, uh, putting someone up in a porta potty and putting them up in the air and then spinning the whole porta potty around. Yeah. <laughs> and the camera's on his face the whole time. <laughs> and yeah. he's just like heaving for like uh, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, you know. Checkmate chat GPT. Let's see if you can come up with something like that, huh? That's right. That's right. right there. So yeah, the computer can't uh can't create that humor. No, it cannot. Well, I'm sure it will, but let's just hang on to that right now while we can. Let's pretend like it 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 can't. And then yeah. uh... All right, episode 58. Correct. What would that look like in no Roman numerals? That'd be a uh x would it be oh no what's x x 50 l is 50 yeah l is 50 and then seven is the v and then two singles and please don't uh don't hate me for not knowing the romeric roman roman numerals for that but lv11 or no l1 yeah lv11 no lv111 LV111, yeah. Yeah. I forgot to mention last time uh, with episode 57, just because, you know, we're always asking about like unique connections. So um, technically, my bar mitzvah was in the Hebrew calendar year 5757. And the only reason I even remember that is because at the time my dad was. involved with uh hunt wesson which makes the like ketchup like hunts hunts ketchup. oh yes got it yeah and the rabbi made a horrible dad joke about heinz and 57 varieties which i didn't get at the time i didn't even remember that there was 57 varieties it's like oh 57 57 and uh 57 varieties and heinz versus Hunts. well you know but anyway that's now 
one of the few things that steered into my brain from uh that yeah. but, uh, i learned yeah. i learned so much from that past 30 second bit you just had there yes. um, so many questions to come from it but we'll save it for another time <laughs> robbie became a man with a uh dad joke about ketchup <laughs> and the 57 options yes um so anywho but yeah for 58 i'm not sure. oh the other connection with 57 I, i'd have to go back and i guess i could look it up super quickly here for kant uh, one of my favorite things about Kant. Well, fifty-eight is uh, not a fifty-eight is not a prime number. I believe that's true. Yeah, because it's uh, divisible by twenty-nine and two and fifty-eight and one. Let's see here. So seventeen. Uh, 1781 minus 1724. 57. Okay, so it would have been last last episode. But yes, yeah, so one of my I forgot whether it was 57 or 58, but Kant wrote his magnum opus, The Critique of Pure Reason, uh, at the age of 57, after a famous silent decade, 10 years, mm -hmm. where he would kind of be an also ran like dude from Konigsberg. Um, you know, with some interesting stuff, but would have been like a uh a subheading to like Leibniz and other philosophers of the time. He wouldn't have been like the Beethoven yeah. of, uh, of philosophy uh, where he not to have lived that long and then to have written that. So just kind of an interesting, like that is interesting. Yeah. So, well, I'm on my uh, second year of uh, the 10 year Kant plan. So uh, that uh, maybe at 57, I'll have something interesting to say that people will want to listen to. Yeah. You're, well, uh, in a hundred years after I turned 57, but yes, <laughs> posthumous <laughs> appreciation. Yes. My statue will tumble a hundred years from now. <laughs> but that's, that's an interesting one too. Like, uh, you know, people saying like someone was before their time or after their, well, I don't know if someone's after their time, but before their time, like when you think about, so Hume wrote his magnum opus, the you know treatise of human nature, when he was much younger, and you know as he famously said, it fell stillborn from the press. But like people knew Kant was like a genius in his time. They they understood they understood yeah. Newton was a genius in his time. So it's just interesting, like yeah, how and where is. that works. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah, that concept based upon how people perceive certain things at certain times and the conversation itself on before or after your time. Um, I would say I'm, I, I, first thing I think about is I'm, a, I'm after my time, but then I keep thinking, you know, cause I feel so at home with the conversation on the, you know, the, the 300 years ago, you know, just slightly post enlightenment farming, hard work, you know, fitness concept, right? Uh, real food, farm work, you know, grow a family, have your little community tribe, et cetera. You know, I kind of feel at home there in my mind, but, you know, but, but imagine if I, you know, had this current brain and thought process at that period of time, you know, I just try to think about, you know, what I, would I say anything about, uh, you know, the future or what I started to see inklings of the advancement in, in, uh, in uh, technology at the time, let's say, you know, and the science movement, it'd be interesting. To, so at that time, I would, I would say maybe I'm before my time, but 
um yeah outside looking in i think uh it'll be a it'll be a long time before people i think appreciate this this uh 30 year 40 year process of just trying to figure out you know uh that let's call it that transition of fitness beyond this just thing that was embedded in the culture but us connecting the dots on doing it for the right reason over time you know i think we're in that we're in this weird zone and i think that'll take a long period of time so therefore robbie we could say that we are before our time because we're speaking about something that probably could get realized in a hundred years you know Oh yeah, absolutely. And increasingly so with all the different developments that we've been talking about with the metaverse and AI yes. and yes. And then I'm I'm saying collectively get realized, right? Yeah. Not just the core, not just the three percent again. Like everyone is like, oh, okay, you know, that project didn't really work. We really should be doing this because it's good for us. You know, and let's try to raise all boats by all of us putting efforts into our maximum potential uh through these methods, you know hard physical challenges and uh, real food and, and uh, thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And like, how does, I mean, I think we've talked about before, like, um, you know, AI is going to have, well, it might have potential problems about like, you know, how to distinguish between past James and future James, if it digests all of YouTube, distinguishing between like, you know, vegan YouTuber with 4 million views and who's an RD and the paleo one, you know, stuff like that. Um, yes. but also, but also even beyond that, like, um, you know, access to dissenting voices, like, um, you know, what, what are the best views of, 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 of fitness, right? Like what, what is, what is chat GPT going to spit out when it, when it hears that what's, what's the highest order mode of engaging in that? What are the proper intentions? And yeah, that's like right. That. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you made me think about, it. I didn't think about this before, but, uh, maybe we'll have a question questions on history like what is history <laughs> really i mean d- depending upon what what you're going to consider you know whatever method people go about determining that language or information how about over a period of time um we may have some questions on that like yeah anyway sorry i just uh no, it's a good question. Talking out like, loud, how my brain is trying to trying to figure that out is to, it's only you know what I'm saying because let's just take two angles of history today, you know, because even within the history historical pro- professional ranks, there's they have these infighting about people that quote unquote teach history or quote unquote interpret history, right? And and there's a lot of fighting in that if you have ever listened to these people go back and forth on stuff. Um, and so I'm just thinking, well, how about down the line where there's like a third element of that is like, well, it depends upon what you read and what you have access to, to determine what is historical. And now there's like, you know, I'm, I can just see it being a, a whirlwind. Yeah. And I, I mean, two kind of bigger examples I can think of, of, of that, that exists today. Like there's, you know, the Armenian genocide, but, you know, like there's questions whether that's like you know if does the like i think it was only recently that the united states government like recognized and that was a big back and forth obviously like we were talking about before the call like did tiananmen square happen well i mean yes as a matter of objective reality like it it did but then of course to your point like in history and like 
who's the large language um, model do you have access to? And if you, uh, you know, I, mean, I think even today, I mean, even aside from chat GPT existing in China, like even today, like if you try and Google, like, you know, tank running down student, like, or something like that, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get access to that. So yeah, who, who owns history and who, um, who determines what we get to learn? And yeah, super interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quick things yeah. up front. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, I'm looking forward to your segue into habits from that one. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't have a connector for that one, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like discussing. Sometimes let's go right to it. You know, let's go from the orange to the apple. Yep. Just dive right into it. Uh, quick notes up front guys. If you guys are liking what we're doing, please leave us a review, tell a friend, uh, T public has got some of our shirts uh we're working on if you're having trouble finding it we're working on fixing that but if you go to tpublic.com slash user slash fitness in philosophy with dashes in between the words that will take you to the uh the shirts and yeah we've got a couple new ones sissy fitness and uh 1.0 x is greater than 1.5 x and if you know you know if you don't well go back and listen to one of our episodes be a part of the crew on 1.0 x don't not not on 1.5 don't don't try to rush through to get to the answer that's <laughs> that's the point <laughs> you won't be able to buy the t-shirt if you do that like chat gpt will know that you did that uh-huh yep okay so today we're going to talk about habits and fitness so i'll give a quick definition of a habit and then just a quick disclaimer about how we're going to discuss it today uh, in more more of a philosophical way so habit in one definition would be a settled or regular tendency or practice especially one that is hard to give up so of course in addition to good habits most of which we'll be discussing today there are there are bad habits and things that are harder to extricate yourself from um but you know settled or regular tendency to do something uh, synonyms would be practice, custom, pattern, routine, all of which are interesting connections. Um, so the main disclaimer I want to set up today, and I I thought about, you know, um, I guess when I release this, I can change the title. I thought, I mean, I could do a longer one, like habit, becoming the person you are in fitness. But like what I, what I was worried about when I initially came up with this topic is I didn't want this to be the millionth podcast. I'm like, you know, the BLGs and like, we know, like, we know, like, if you're listening to this, you probably know, like, go get some sun, you know, uh, yeah, but you, you should have named it the previous though, become the person you always wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Just as, just as a, like a, a play on words to say, we're actually not going to talk about that, but <laughs> be all that you can be. Yeah. Uh, Complete. Well, I mean, I guess it would technically, it wouldn't be a switcheroo, but it would be a, uh, yeah, maybe, done a better job. We should have done a better job of all the like classic uh, tropes that are used for habit forms and habit forming today in all the books. And right. Yeah. Well, it's not too late because this hasn't been released yet. So I can still, that's uh, right. That's right. So, yeah. So we all know like, you know, sleep at the right time. And I know I I don't mean to belittle these things, but there have been a bajillion things on this and like that's that ground has been covered and it's, it's important, but that's not the main concern. So, um, our focus will mainly be on how habits, but in particular fitness and health habits have the power to transform you as a person. And 
you know, this came out of just a lot of different thinking around, uh, you know, we were talking about with AI, this notion of like shortcuts and quickness to answers and things like that. And, um, you know, just thinking about what, what is, what is gained through engaging in something, um, some sort of activity, like irrespective of the outcome, like, you know, you becoming the person that you want to be through that, through that activity. So, so here, here's some, uh, here's a, for instance. So while it's cool to develop the habit of consistently prepping your meals and going to bed on time, those are all great necessary foundational habits, right? The deeper meaning behind those things when it comes to who you are as a person are things like you are someone who keeps their word, follows through on their commitments, has integrity, has discipline, is hardworking, has self-trust and can make promises to themselves that you then keep, is honest, is consistent. Um, these deeper traits of your character are far more important than like prepping your meals or going to bed on time. So <laughs> now one might say, well, those are just instances of that. And that's true, but they're, they're not just like, sometimes there's this idea that like, well, you've got the belief and then it, then it goes into the habits, but it can very often be the case in reverse. We're like, in terms of that thought, feeling, behavior triangle, the beha behavior can influence your thoughts and feelings and beliefs and and transform you as Aristotle famously says into, you know, the type of person that you want to be. So. Yeah. I think of these words um, uh, and I don't know if it's the space to get into it, but the, the, the interesting thing around what I see as a possible uh, uh, break or, and I'm just preempting this for us to get through that with regards to fitness, but Next to the words of patience, next to the words of habits for me, always come up with uh, patience and incremental normalcy. And the reason why they come up for me is not as a harbinger against the my my disgust for the shortcut hack idea. It's just because what we know to be true of those things that move forward. The other thing that I want to you know maybe discuss in terms of intentions is the way I consider the language of habits a masculine entity. And I can explain that in much more detail of linear progression versus a feminine circular progression or a growth and challenge progression that looks different with regards to habit formation, that a lot of this language in habits doesn't work for the feminine. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll discuss that. And, um, and lastly, the intentions around it um, and the, the morality in terms of habit forming and and the questioning Robbie is it really just a is it really just a, a, a what I call in the mechanical training aspect a compensatory adaptation right so is this new this is the question I'm asking the third area is this uh habit formation really just a rehabilitative a rehabilitative thing like it's just fixing something or you may you may think you're fixing something, um, and again, like we've like you can use multiple examples. That just because you're fixing something doesn't mean it's right. Um, so, and inside of that, I'm hoping you're picking up that, you know, like <laughs> sorry that I wrote it down, but Jeffrey Dahmer had a habit and a pattern. So it's you know I'm saying so there's this continuum. Of course, it's a long continuum, but of like, well, what what are good habits, and who determines what are good habits? And then, who you know, to our point, right, we, we don't want to just hum and haw over, well, we know what good habits are, you know, drinking water and getting sleep. But 
you know, but uh, let's take some insight into it is, are you doing it only because you're thinking it's going to fix something? And if that is the case, uh, do you know yourself as best uh, and into how you learn and how habits are formed? And that's where I think that there, cre there creates some, uh, let's call it a dichotomy in, in how you approach that. And I'm, I'm throwing out that it's probably a masculine, feminine intention language thing that we do need to suss out here with regards to the, I threw a lot there, but that's something that I'd like to investigate throughout this with regards to forming habits and to make them, to make them uh, stick for individuals. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for throwing those out. And like, yeah, I, I, the, uh, yeah, the, I'm, I'm super interested in, yeah, that, that linear progression idea versus kind of the circular, um, you know, challenge, um, progress. <clears throat> and delving more into that. And then with regard to your point, um, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer and, and things like that, this is actually, yeah, this is a famous criticism of uh, Alistair McIntyre, the um, famous 20th century philosopher uh, who is kind of the most prominent neo-Aristotelian ethics guy out there who talks about this notion of a practice and uh, developing habits and, you know, a question that often gets brought up is, well, what about the practice of torture or something like that? What one is, you know, good at the practice of um, torture and following through and efficient and thing, things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a good question. I mean, and even Aristotle, you know, famously talked about how, you know, virtue is a mean between two extremes, but there is no mean between two extremes for murder or, you know, um, you know, rape or something like that, like that, that, that type of thing. So, um yeah it's an interesting question um or challenge you might say well just because you follow through on certain certain things doesn't necessarily mean that you have uh in integrity uh it, it could mean you're consistent could mean you're consistent but there are good ways to be consistent and and bad ways to be uh consistent and then yeah the uh yeah the the idea the question about like is this just trying to repair something um yeah uh, that's that's an interesting one i'll have to think more about that i know like when i used to teach philosophy i would teach this kind of distinction between aristotle and kant where aristotle would talk about this idea of like you keep doing the action whether you want to do it or not and like eventually you come you know, talking mainly with regard to virtuous actions and then you will eventually come to want to um you know perform the virtuous action and Kant talking about how like there always has to be that intention there first, that the intention has to precede the action. It's a lot more um, idea to action than um, Aristotle is much more like action and then and habit and then that transforms who you are constitutionally. So awesome. Yeah, yeah great. Um, well, it's cool to know that. Uh you know, this has been discussed before, you know, so we could, you know, not just to, for our listeners, but others to say there are people that have ca kind of thought about what you're going to come up against here. Um, product placement, we do have a t-shirt, virtue, comma, action, <laughs> something you could, that does kind of play with this idea, right? Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, I'm on Kant's team based upon that, that whole premise. That's just what sits in my bones. Well, doesn't, doesn't make it right. I'm sure there's an argument for the other side that we have brought up probably a lot in terms of just, you know, fake it till you make it right. Just the action process and leads to these virtuous things. But um, yeah, the other thing that you didn't uh, discuss there that I'm just saying it again so that we can, 
we can uh, ruminate on it is the language, right? The language around, um, you know, what you what you buy into when you start saying habits. And uh, that's why I was saying um, language like patience. Um, and, uh, you know, um, the one that hurts the most is incremental normalcy, right? The Kaizen principle is like these little, you know, how do you eat an elephant to use, you know, whatever common, you know, language is little, these little tiny pieces. But as you start saying that, you know, and everyone's like, oh yeah, for sure. Little tiny pieces, you know, let's go out there and do it. Yeah. But the plan is 20 years, right? It's a 20 year plan. So you see, that's where it's like, oh, wait now, <laughs> it does that brain contemplate like my daughter, they don't understand a 20 year plan. Like they can't even, they can't, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, like Chloe freezes when we talk about like, what are we going to do in a couple of years? Right. Like a college conversation. She's just like, you can see her brain cracking. Right. Um, so anyways, that's something else to think about, you know, and then we got to individualize it specifically based upon those habit formations. So the yeah. language was the other one that I think we should keep playing around with, uh, so that, uh, people, we can land on something that, we could say, no, 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 we're not talking about that. We're talking about this, you know, so it makes it more precise. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Uh, another thing that you had brought up that I think is worth noting that I guess I didn't emphasize as much in the outline, but it's worth thinking about that. That's really the, the main part of what I'm trying to highlight today, whether it leads to good outcomes or bad outcomes is this notion of whatever series of practice, I, I don't mean to suggest that any habit you engage in is going to make you a better person, right? Yeah. Uh, hab the term habit is is neutral, uh, right? But like, um, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard any of uh, J. Cole, uh, J. Cole's uh, stuff, nope. but one of his lines is, uh, there are many ways to deal with pain, choose wisely. Um, mm. And, you know, you know, there are people whose habit is uh, alcoholism or hoarding or, you know, drugs and like all this short term stuff like that transforms you into a different person because you have taken that that route, that habit like you've you've short circuited, you know, the neural wiring uh, with kind of this the super short, quick hit short term, which feels great. And then long term, that's going to come back to bite you in the butt and that that internally transforms who you are. It's not just like, you know, any one of us can recover a couple times from like, you know, acute instance of any of those things. But like over time, that really does transform who you are as a person. It's, it's the same thing in reverse with whatever we decide on as the good habits or the better habits is that whether at the end of, you know, a year of trying to transform your body or not, you reached the weight you wanted to, you will most likely have become more disciplined, more consistent. You will have built more self-trust in yourself insofar as you've said, I'm going to make this small promise to myself this week to walk an extra hundred steps or eat broccoli or whatever it is, right? The, the, the matter content is less important than the form of like, I'm going to do this and then you did it. And now that's an extra brick on the layer of self-trust. And then we have another brick on the layer of self-trust. So I guess the main point of, or one of the main points of today's episode is whether it's good or bad, it's that these actions that one engages in transform you as a person. They're not, they're not just like, um, moral, not, there's not a moral arbiter in place here, you know, yeah. that determines if it's, yeah, I like that. 
Um, and I don't want to take on that responsibility <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, I, I wrote down, uh, J, was it J. Cole? Yeah. Yeah. I just wrote down uh, something to think about too, which questions this moral continuum or this, I guess I call it like, because even in the examples you had given in terms of habits that could lead to self-destruction, right? You know, because pe people, we throw out these ideas like hoarding and whatever. I see intense uh, exercise as being right next to hoarding. That's my perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you could see then where it's like, well, there's got to be, it's got to be something, some conversation around dose. And that's why our episode should be called Reward the Pacer, because <laughs> it ties in nicely with, no, what I've always talked about, and I've recognized, but it's taken 30 years to recognize, right? But I've always talked about, you probably should, you know, leave a little bit on the table each time. But what is that saying? It's saying that's probably, quote unquote, a, uh, a morally positive habit if it's something that can last. If it's something that can last, that keeps uh, filling up your cup. Right. So there, there's this, yeah, there's this, uh, I guess there's context with what you said. There's context to what we are actually discussing. I guess that's why people write books on habits because there's a lot, there's, there's a lot in it. Right. So. Yeah. I, I think another important point that you just made me think of, as you were saying that is, um, you know, just recognizing uh, when, when I mentioned things like hoarding or drinking or drugs, like, you know, there's the, uh, maybe the approach from the eighties of like, uh, you know, moral reprobation or something like that. Like, oh, you're you're an awful person for engaging in such such activities. When when we know there's a lot of evidence to suggest that you know a lot of these things are are trauma responses to, you know, either capital T trauma or lowercase consistent lowercase T trauma. And like, that's 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 the that's the tricky bit here is that like, and it goes back to a lot of our discussion about fitness and autonomy long term. <laughs> no one grows up choosing to like. Oh, I'm going to, you know, go to the CrossFit games and beat myself to death. Like, no, like a lot of what we're talking about here with intense exercise and, or what, you know, drug use or hoarding or what have you, it's like, um, well, you know, my mom passed away at an early age or, you know, my, my dad never said he loved me or, you know, all, all these different types of things. And I'm not saying that's always the case, but very often we don't know how to deal with those situations. We don't, we haven't been given the tools and we use these other coping mechanisms that doesn't transform us. And it's then when we're, you know, decades later, it's like, holy crap, who have I become? I need to change things around. And like, then a lot of deep work in the other direction needs to be done to kind of like correct, correct that. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree with you. Um, yeah, I agree with you. There's so much more to be said in there. I think it's not particular to habits today, but um, we may want to double click on that for a future point of, uh, you know, so we don't become psychologists on a couch talking about bigger, small T trauma and the development of habits and, you know, what you do in your life. But I do think it's something we can probably sway a philosophical conversation into it, or we may have already done, you know, now that I'm saying it, but, um, we will sidewind it. Yeah, just, I mean, the main point there, just be saying, like, I mean, we'll, we'll you know, stick mainly to, to habits today and stuff like that. But just to say, like, and yes, when you get to be an adult, like, it's important that you, you know, have the sense of agency and things like that. But it's just to say that it, it's not, no one grows up wanting to be a hoarder, right? Like, you know, that's that's not like an active choice of a seven-year-old, like, oh, hey, I want to 
It's like that's that and things of that nature are typically responses to things that happen that we don't have the proper coping mechanisms for. And then fixing that takes a lot of work in the other direction with, with different habits. So yes, yep. point there. Mm -hmm. so some famous quotes about uh, habits that, you know, I thought I'd just kind of throw out there that just make people think a little bit. Um, there's the super famous Aristotle one that people have probably either heard or seen before. Uh, we are then what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, isn't an act, but a habit and life isn't a series of events. Oh, you got it up there. Oh, cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But an ongoing process of self-definition. So, you know, each one of these, you know, for Aristotle, each one of the, I think I was looking back at the, um, we did an episode very early on of virtues, vices, and habits. And um, there's this term um, Aristotle uses called phronesis, which is this idea that the virtuous person eventually will have all the tools to like digest everything about the particular situation that he or she is encountering and like uniquely determine empirically in that moment, like what the right thing to do is mm -hmm. that only comes after years and years and years and years and years of, of uh, practice. So, but this, this highlights this notion of like each, each time you engage in a particular activity, you're like chipping away at the marble of who you are essentially. Yes. Yes. Um, and unlike other situations where we've talked about, like, you know, you're chipping out the way away at the marble to reveal something defined underneath, like you're defining it as you're chipping it away. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. if you chip it this way, it becomes that. If you chip it that way enough, it becomes another thing. Yes. Um, obviously, probably a lot of people have heard of, you know, James Clear and Atomic Habits, really good book um, that's being talked a lot about today. Habits are the way you embody identity. True behavior, true behavior change is really identity change. Um, and then shout out to uh, Sam Smith. I couldn't, I couldn't find this quote again on his Instagram, but it was basically something to the effect of choose the goal, not because of the outcome it yields, but because of the person you will become by the end of the process. Yeah. To uh, James Clear's, uh, behavior behavior change true behavior change is really identity change um i'm uh, i'm kind of stuck on that one i got to probably uh, think about that a little bit more um habits are the way you embody identity so habits habits are the way that you you take on um this definition that you have of yourself right um so what that's saying is that indirectly your actions um or your day-to-day -day actions are an indication of your identity yeah so i'm I'm just kind of mixed up on that of uh I'm just trying to behavior change is identity change. Um I'm not uh I'm not connecting that one. Okay, so yeah, the following explanation I'm about to give isn't to agree or to disagree but to explain just what I take him to be meaning here. Got it. Uh, I think of it I think of it very similar to like a uh you know, these these biological feedback loops that you sometimes have with like uh inflammation 
uh, can lead to dysbiosis and then dysbiosis can lead to inflammation. So the first, the first sentence I see as habits are, so habits are the way you embody identity. So you've got some sort of identity, you know, it's, it's malleable of course, but you have some sort of identity and habits are the way that you, you know, physically instantiate or show the world who it is you are by what you do, whether it's, you know, telling the truth or not telling the truth, what have you. But then the second one is the other piece of the, to me is the other piece of the loop. So the, the first part is identity influences your habits. And then the other piece of the loop would be, but your habits change your identity. So it's this, it's this consistent, like, or this, um, this feedback loop of you've got this identity that of course, isn't like fully set in stone because otherwise habits wouldn't really do anything, but they inform what you do. And then those habits, those actions that you take then come back around and influence, uh, that, that identity. That's what I take them to me. Yeah. Again, with those yeah. Right. yeah, no, I think I, that, that helps definitely. Um, and I think I'd probably have to, you know, play it out in multiple different ways. As an example, like in the multi-universe idea, you and I would have to go through this 15 different ways, you know, <laughs> and you giving me a slightly different answer to that each one. And I think I would get it. But the reason why I'm getting tripped is uh, I'm indirectly uh, adding self-identity uh, in there. And that's stumping me a bit, you know, of... Um, of just thinking about actions. So, so said a different way, behavior change is self identity change. And, um, and then it's, it's, it's not helping, but the way you described it is, is helpful for it. But I mean, that's probably why I need to, uh, um, read the book, uh, maybe get a little bit more from the meaning of that. Um, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And again, I mean, it, it's, it's a good point too. Like, you know, none of, none of these quotes are gospel. Like as we always do with philosophy, it's always yeah. important to ask questions. And is that yeah. right? And with regards to Sam's, um, uh, the, the, uh, it's important to remember for, especially for goal setting. And I think I know what, you know, was coming about with that conversation is the process is really important, right? It's the, the, the struggles and the growth that's achieved from, putting those things into practice and then aha you know you're not looking at the 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 finishing point right i.e the goal or even you know focusing on the outcomes it's basically all the things that you become as a person along that way and to that i'll just say that there is context in that because prior to you know goal setting and uh we teach this you know uh technically uh to individuals um and we we've got lots of practice of empirical um, data to show that it's helpful is that the first approach for that kind of idea is that you recognize where people are starting from and how they got to where they currently are um, as as a as a priority that you should focus on before the next priority, which is have you shown signs of any of this as being already behaviors that are in place that are going to allow it to come true, i.e. what we call resources in the recipe, before we talk about this like process-oriented, you know, it's an axis I call the process-oriented axis that gets you to that long-term goal. So the only reason why I'm pausing on that is to say that there's there's a lot more inside of what Sam had mentioned there. And uh, just for people to to chew on it, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it'll it'll add you know it'll add more to your 
habit forming idea saying the same thing but just just recognize remember how people got to where they currently are as well as what's the chances of them having all the things necessary to moving forward and the reason why i say that's important is because you could this is why i come back to the rehabilitative question you know someone could you know i'll be very reduced in this just for language and time purposes but they could set a goal and then not focus on the outcome and really think, quote unquote, things are better because they stuck with those habits for a long period of time. But voila, uh, they're actually not uh, a, quote unquote, better person at the end of that long term process. And the reason why they're not, you know, although to, to Sam's words, it would seem like you would become because you're not focused on the you know outcomes, you're just focusing on the hard work and struggle is that you're assuming that you're going to have this like adaptive process that just works out as you go. But you, but am I saying, I'm saying is that you won't have that and it doesn't work out if you don't analyze, uh, you know, how you got to this current starting position. <laughs> and then do you actually have the skills in place to move you forward for any direction, you know, and then you can see how we can get into analyzing do they actually have the capabilities of sense making for adaptation maybe they don't even have that so you see what i'm saying it's it's not it's even it's even before the process um where you have to have those discussions yeah and i mean it's a very good point and you know the interesting question there with regard to what you're calling skills would be are those even themselves habits i, I guess it depends on how one you know, does one have, yes. um, you know, I, I guess there are different levels of like meta habits versus, you know, if we go to the, you know, there's like, you know, nutrition and health habits, like, do you know how to prep your food? And then there's like, uh, kind of the, along the scale of higher and lower order ones, like, do you just have the skill of like generally being resilient when you run into a challenge? Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. can you, like, are you going to like instantly, uh, play the victim and point fingers are you going to see that as something that you need to overcome and then like you know this question that philosophers ask all the time this this phrase of like what do we do there do we you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps at a certain point like you know the, the way we even get to that resiliency is by doing the little like oh well i uh i took a little financial hit and then i learned how to get back from that i i had a week where I had to travel, but I learned how to like eat healthy when I was, you know what I mean? Like those yes. little mini things like travel up, but it, you know, can also travel down too. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. And I think there's a very interesting question there. Like what's the feedback or interplay between these kind of um, maybe what we might sometimes call like ground level habits and like kind of those higher order skills um, with regard to like resiliency, integrity, honesty, and like how those influence yeah. each other. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I like uh, setting up a mind map based upon that. Because I thought, you know, within that conversation there, I thought about, again, it has to be in context to who we're talking about, you know, so habit formation for, um, and I don't mind, I don't want to sidewind us, but I've been more recently looking into the uh, history of uh, student loans, because I'm trying to dig into this whole educational mess that as a country, we really have, we really got to pay more attention to it, in my opinion, anyways, uh, not only because my girls are going into it, but I just think that it's something interesting that just keep on sliding by, but we're not, we're not uh, grabbing onto. So my whole point in there is that 
just think about the context of you, you know, uh, asking that 18 year old to expect them to have particular habits. You know, just think about that, the particular habits in the context of what I was discussing, right? Like student loans and the responsibilities and like the these things that are taking place right now, that the whole system, you know, the whole system may not necessarily uh, give them reminders of what they think at 18 is like, oh, these are great habits because everyone does it, right? Just the education and the money and loans and et cetera, et cetera. And then next thing you know, to your point, do you have agency at 28 years of age? Yeah, maybe, maybe. So that's yeah. why, that's why, yeah. you know, it's like context of like who we're talking about, where they are, it becomes individualized, which is all good. It doesn't make it, doesn't make it all for not. It's just, I just thought about that as you were mentioning it, but I like the no, mind map idea in terms of those big ones and then the groundwork that needs to be in place for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a, uh... Excellent point. I'm not, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, um, either here or pre-episode, but the New York Times a few years ago interviewed John Jenkins, who's the president of Notre Dame. And the, the title of the uh, article was, does God want you to pay $300,000 for college education? And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm firmly on the side of, uh, student loans being predatory and of, of that nature, but I, but it, but it does bring up a, a, a good, a good general point about like, um yeah at what age can you expect someone to be able to fully comprehend the nature of like what they're signing up for this general point about the meta habits of like developing critical thinking being able to ask these um questions this is a much smaller thing related to the student but it, it's related to the student loan thing it's kind of a similar thing i was watching um netflix the other night and i noticed that before you could turn off autoplay of like the next episode and it was like a 30 second countdown. And now, now you like, if I go into Apple TV and try to turn off autoplay, I can't turn it off and it's a zero second. So why am I bringing that up in relation to the student loan and this stuff and habits? Like we are going to increasingly, whether it's TikTok or Netflix or what have you, every one of us is going to have this like tsunami of things awesome. buying for our attention and the habits of, you know, diligence and self-control and critical thinking with regard to temperance is this yeah temperance is this a good thing that oh it's it's so easy i don't even have to click the button that netflix is showing me the next episode but is that what i want it to do and if there is that off control can i go in and like so that's a much smaller example but it's of a piece with this notion of like you were saying with student loans well everyone's doing it and everyone you know yeah uh, it's small but it's huge yeah yeah, no, it's, it's, it's huge. I agree with you. Like this, it's tying in our conversation that permeates over the past year or so on, you know, what uh, natural versus artificial, right? And gaining gaining knowledge, you know, through radical enhancement or gaining knowledge through the hard work, you know, slow term effort, right? Uh, to your point there, of uh, maybe your habits are going to be done for you from a machine. You know, yeah, that's. That's going to be spicy. And almost paradoxically, because things are easier, we need to be more disciplined. In in the sense of like, yeah, disciplined in the uh, sense making, yeah, and the in the critical thinking and the uh, awareness. I agree. Or opting out, right? Like the like we. Well, that is a that's an that's an awareness that leads to that. Is what I was saying. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. To have like we, the option of choice. Right, and we've mentioned this before, like before the environment demanded 
discipline yeah you either had food or you didn't or you either caught your food or you didn't and yeah now you don't have that and so uh, for the most part and so you have to be more disciplined about you know that that type of stuff so yes. it's interesting. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the famous, well, I, I, I mean, I'll be honest, A, I had never seen it until grad school. Uh, I'd never seen the movie Groundhog Day and B, I didn't know about the Aristotelian connection. But what people famously associate uh, with Aristotelian ethics is the movie Groundhog Day, which I'm I'm not sure how many people have seen or, or listening to this. But if you haven't, it's a, it's a good funny movie, but it's basically it's Bill Murray living the uh, same day over and over and over again. And the basic headline is he starts out. A jerk uh you know he, he tries everything to like i forget like be the richest dude in town or to off himself and all, all these different things that kind of like hedonism and you know what what have you and then, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then he you know eventually the idea behind it and now again we could criticize this and say is this true is this representative of how habit formation actually works the idea is through engaging through that kind of same process over and over and again which is, of course, not how any of us truly live our lives because we don't live the same day over and over again. Um, you know, he he develops habits of uh, becoming a better person and becoming more virtuous and not, you know, not not such a schmuck. Yeah. Is, is basically yeah. The, the, the headline. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's not just that habits tend to be more important than outcomes, which very often they are. But as you mentioned before, like, I, you know, it's always this push and pull. Like we've got habits on one side of the things you constantly need to engage in to like be healthy for the rest of your life. And then there are outcomes of like, you know, you want to run a certain distance. You want to uh, think a certain way, feel a certain way, you know, have a certain body composition. And it's true that the health and fitness space has become very obsessed with outcomes and then it kind of swung back towards habits. But one of the things outcomes can be useful for every once in a while, like every few months or whatever you want the time domain to be is like, are the habits leading to the, to the thing? Like yeah. the, that, that's where they can be um, useful. I still want to interject for people as their brain is going through this to remember, to keep questioning that concept of the rehabilitative paradigm. Uh, I still want to, you know, let that, you know, wipe over our pages and our notes because I'm glad you put in there to maintain those good habits long-term, right? So it, we're just jumping over that, but it should make sense to you that we do want to have this conversation today. So it leads to improvement, right? But I still want to say that there has to be some deeper conversation on, you know, recognizing how you got to your point uh, right now. And then uh, are you willing to do the 20-year plan? I just use the 20-year plan as an example for the reward, the pacer, incremental normalcy, you know, habit improvement, process-oriented. And uh, do, you, do you recognize that we want you to partake in that particular long-term strategy uh, so that it's so that it's going to be an upgrade and it's not just going to be a fix? Yeah, I still, you know, because, yeah, I, because uh, when you mentioned, uh, pre like, I've got, I'm bringing it up now as I'm mentioning this out, but the commercial, we like the the fact that we've, we have books on habits, I mean, that should make us pause, right? We have books on habits, right? So uh, that's not a nefarious commercialization concept of habits, but 
just think about that. We, 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 we have created a point where, you know, you need a coach who's going to like write these things down for you. And my, my whole point on that is keep questioning the concept of this person getting to a point where these things uh, can be figured out and they can go through them and it leads to some positive outcomes and be cautious of the, like, are you fixing something or are you just setting them up to be quote unquote accountable to a process of habit formation and habit change. And I just want to be the, the, the skeptic in that conversation or the devil's advocate for the, for the, um, for that conversation. I just want to interject with that as a reminder for everyone at this point. Yeah. I think that's an important point. And I think there are definitely ways in which, you know, the fixing part, you know, we can use the term bandaid or crutch, but I do also, I mean, this is something I have thought about and something I wonder about, you know, I, the following philosophical points make me wonder the extent to which it's always just going to be somehow necessary again, asterisk, unless human nature fundamentally changes, which it may with these technological advances. But we're all born with fundamentally different constitutions in terms of likes and dislikes. It's not going to be the case that, I mean, this is just a, a fact. Some people really like cooking and some people really don't. Mm -hmm. That isn't going to change. You know what I mean? Like we can make moves in one direction or the other. We can try to instantiate a habit. Some people like things more than others. Some people um, are going to grow up 18 years in a family where they're fed, fed junk food, no matter what it's taught in schools, no matter you know how many positive habits we try to teach. Some people are going to be born with um, you know cluster B personality disorders. Um, so I guess I just uh, yeah, I, I feel like there are there are situations where fixing is just baked into who we are as humans given certain antecedent facts and it's done in a way that isn't necessarily nefarious i i totally agree with you that there are plenty of ways in which it it can be um does that does that make sense oh yeah for sure yeah i think i'm just saying that uh there there is still a desirable better way even though that may not partake in in the the whole human project um and uh i think that the the awareness of it is important. That's the that's what I want to want to point out. Um, and of course, it takes into context of, you know, again, age and you know your brain size, brain capability, uh, et cetera, et cetera. All those things have to have to be yeah, have to be you know in play there. Like one one thing I think about here, and maybe there's maybe there's an asymmetry here, but um, you know, I think about you know there are lots of really good books written about things like um, like boundaries. Or yeah. emotional self-regulation or if you have an emotionally immature parent or something like that and like yeah. that isn't taught in schools it's sure as shit not taught by your parents if you have an emotionally yeah. immature parent yeah. right so like what do we yeah that's that's the type of stuff i wonder about where it's like that isn't going away yeah uh, um you know we should try as best we can like as a society to try to better that stuff but i, th I think that's that's part of why and maybe it's it, it's different with regard to health habits but that's why that stuff exists because sometimes there are people who reach adulthood and haven't had exposure to that yeah uh, in yeah. a lot of ways yeah yeah for sure yeah. I, I think i'm just repeating that uh the like let's just use that example um you know the the highest level of let's call it emotional maturity or the highest order emotional maturity you know in a human does exist does it permeate amongst everyone and does it permeate in 2023 and everyone have access to that, et cetera? By all means, there's lots of uh, conversation to be had in 
in uh, all the things that do or do not get people to get to that emotional maturity, right? As an idea, I'm just saying though that it that it uh, all none not, not, we don't it doesn't get nihilist because you just you know observe backwards and be like, well, you know, holy shit, I take a good look and 97% of all humans are creating habit formation to fix things. Okay, well, good observation. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm saying. But I just wanted to pick out the point. Let's not forget that it still is, in whatever language you want to call it, you're just you you could be trying to fix something. I just wanted to permeate that in it. And it doesn't mean it's because if you if you disagree with that notion, I'm not saying you do, but if you disagree with that notion, then you have you have to, it's your burden of proof to offer me, well, what is the high what is the highest level order then? of good habits, right? You, you have to say, well, what, what, what is the, what is the, what's the top 10? <laughs> I hope this doesn't bring us back to like, well, it was, it was written in the commandments, you know, it's pretty simple. Just follow through. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point. Yeah. I guess I'm just doing kind of the, uh, the standard philosophical thing that was like uh, fix we're equivocating on the term fix. There can be fix that's good and fix that's not good. Mm -hmm. uh, fix that's necessary just as features of human nature that yes. are just beyond anyone's control. And there's fix that's crutch, band-aid, temporary relief, not fixing the root issue type. Yeah, type that's thing. why I used, you know, I was calling it a divergent, you know, you can go one way or the other. You're and that's my back to my Sam's point, right? You're 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 going in different ways. Both are fixes, right? and both have process both take a long time you see what i'm saying like it's but no one is like you know we're making these assumptions oh everyone will just like you know figure it out and i'm saying is bring it back to the middle at the central point which which the base point is you know who are you <laughs> like right now how, how did you get to this point let's reflect right there before we quote unquote want to write up all the 10 commandments for uh live a larger life yeah, no, and that's a good point. And I think that actually highlights something that's really unique about habits is um, like, and it, it kind of goes to one of your points about, you know, resisting entropy when it comes to long-term fitness and health. Like once there are no more outcomes to be reached, like once you are at your ideal body composition, your blood work and symptoms are basically where you want them to be and you're not looking to squat or run any further, like eat real whole food, rinse and repeat, get out in the sun, rinse and repeat, you know, go to bed at a regular time, rinse and repeat. There is no outcome to be achieved anymore. There's nothing to be fixed. It's just like you are doing the thing to sustain essentially what you have, what you have gained. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That makes me think of uh, an upgrade to this uh, possibly in another world for another time is um, habit formation for the grower, habit formation for the peaker and habit formation for the resistor. Uh, cause that, that, that would break this up cause they, they really are relative to, uh, that idea of, you know, max human potential. They do, they, they do have some major differing characteristics, right? And I think that's what keeps tripping me up is I go back to the individual context of each person and where they are in life and, and, uh, always, you know, pushing against this generalized habit formation thing. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, the, the notion of like, um, you know, for the person who's like on, on their way, like it's getting that initial 10,000 or 20,000 or hundred thousand, whatever, whatever repetition number you want to call it at, like yeah. they're trying to build and like make that part of their 
basic programming. And then for the person who's resi- resisting entropy, ideally mm-hmm. it's already baked into the programming. It's now just like mm-hmm. staining that as much as you can. Yeah. 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 And then, and then it gets, gets me on that road of, of where I usually keep up going. I keep going further and further back. Like, well, what's, what happens before the growers? Well, you gotta, you gotta keep thinking about the parents of those growers and well, how do you affect those parents of those growers? And then what's the things that are inside those parents of those growers? Well, how do you back up? And, you know, this is where I end up back in 1776, realizing that all empires die after 250 years. That's what ends up happening. It could be, could be, I think. uh, Past couple of days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the United States is uh, not not terribly far off at this point. Um, so one uh, quick point here, like uh, why why shortcuts don't don't work, and this has obviously been a, a theme of you know a lot of a lot of your work and a lot of our discussions on here. Um, just some interesting kind of funny some some funny quotes. So uh, I went to a powerlifting seminar. What 2015 with a guy named uh, Brandon Lilly, and I mean he's he's talked about this publicly, so this isn't like a secret. He's like, you know, uh, people are asking about have you done steroids, and you know he's like, you know, he said like steroids just make you more of what you are. If you were an asshole before steroids, you're going to be an asshole after steroids. If you had you know shitty work ethic before steroids, you've got shitty work ethic after steroids. Uh, another one that people might familiar, be familiar with from like the money space, and you know we see this a lot of times with professional athletes and this is one where it isn't even, I mean, of course, you know, we need to investigate like the particulars of um, each situation. And sometimes it can be individual responsibility, but what if you, to go back to what we were just discussing, what if you came from a home where there's no sense of money management and you've never even, you know, seen, you know, you've never had any sort of sufficiency with regard to food or shelter or what have you. And then you get all this money, you know, more money than you can ever imagine. Well, if you had poor money management before, unless you, you know, hire someone to do the right thing and you can trust them. Like it's going to be the MC hammer story essentially. Um, and then if people haven't checked this out yet, it's totally worth it. It's four minutes. Uh, one of the better SNL sketches that they've done recently. It's, uh, it's Adam Sandler. I think he came back after something like 20 years of not hosting to, to host for this particular one. And wow. he plays it a, a tour guide uh, who takes people specifically from Long Island to Italy. And he's, he's talking about how like Italy's not going to transform you. If you're sad now, you're still going to be sad when you travel to Italy. Uh, our tour company can take you on a hike, but we can't make you like hiking. We can take you to the Italian Riviera, but we can't make you like yourself in a swimsuit. We can get up, get you set up with a fun zip line, but we can't make you genuinely say we and mean it. So like that, that notion of like uh-huh. the short versus the, yeah. This will do it. This will be the moment, right? And it's like it's all going to change. My whole perspective is going to change just with this opportunity. Yeah, right. Going to change my life tomorrow. So th- this idea of you know, and, and yes, there is something to environmental change and taking a break and like you know, yes, those things can shift perspective. It's it, it's true, but like it's uh, it's less so. I would say these eureka moments and more like the you know the the path. You yeah. know the yes the, incremental the, normalcy. Yeah. Small. Uh, what's that? Small doses. Yeah, small doses. Um, so, yeah, uh, just a funny sketch to go check out. Um, and then the last thing, uh, for those who are familiar with cognitive behavioral therapy, there's uh, this uh, notion of the cognitive behavioral therapy triangle, 
uh, thoughts, you know, if you imagine a triangle of three sides, you've got thoughts, feelings, and behaviors uh, on each point of the triangle. Um, thoughts influence feelings, which influence behaviors and, and vice versa. But here's the important philosophical point that we've kind of talked about before. We have no direct voluntary control over our feelings. Um, feelings just arise and like we can we can indirectly influence those things through certain actions and behaviors but um if we did we all could make our lives really easy take something you really hate and have to do repeatedly and voluntarily change it good luck with that um we either have no or limited you know imagine james just saying hey i love e-bikes and pickleball i'm just you know going out tomorrow it's not, not gonna happen right not gonna happen um we either have no or maybe limited. I can ride. I never thought maybe I can ride a pick. Maybe maybe I can ride an e-bike around while I'm playing pickleball. Yeah, maybe I can ride it in on the court. You would just need to sit on it because no movements required. Yeah, no, no athleticism. I tried to find it in there, but thank you. Yeah. Um, we either have no or limited direct voluntary control over our thoughts. So that, you know, there's controversy back and forth about like how much and to what extent do we have over our thoughts, but. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that some thoughts just kind of pump up, pop, uh, pop in, and we get to choose what to do with them or not. But we do have direct voluntary control over this third part of the triangle, the behaviors. And those can indirectly, sometimes, not always, sometimes, change our thoughts and feelings. And that's where this habit piece comes in. Yeah. Uh yeah, you did that wonderfully. <laughs> Just talk about these uh, really simple things like free will and determinate determinism. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> Just like little little touches. But uh, you have a wonderful way of just making it kind of kind of stick to these monstrous topics. But the only reason why I'm mentioning that, Robbie, is um, for those that are interested. If if they got if they got tripped up on some of the simple things you said there, because they may not actually like say it out. But if you say it out slowly, I'm sure there's a bunch of listeners that'll be like, no, 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 there's no way that uh, I don't have control over that. And so it's a it's a wonderful opportunity for you to do your own investigation in uh, what Robbie, you know, said. There's some arguments. There's a lot out there of the arguments around, uh, you know, the. Our, our, I guess it's not only within the context of free will, but there's a lot of great conversation in that area. Which, which doesn't lead, just in case anyone's fearful of getting in there, it doesn't lead to, uh, you know, nothingness. It leads to a lot of growth for a person's brain to get in that area and try to contend with all those things. I just wanted to point that out, that you did a wonderful job there of like just lightly passing over some of these things. I also have to mention that in that area of CBT, um, I just wanted to make mention for 2023, this is where I see, this is how I see a lot of problems happening um if i'm gonna just gonna generalize it within just society is that we put a lot of uh a lot of uh effort into the into the the thoughts and feelings aspects and we and and all we try to do is to use well it's your behaviors and your actions as a cudgel against against what those what those thoughts and feelings are but we're making thoughts and feelings really important today in multiple different multiple different ways and uh, i really think it 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 uh, for today it does take uh like we said previously before uh, we need the philosophers uh you know side by side 
in the president's office and the in Congress and in society, you know, to to get everyone in the room and not be up on the microphone, but to get everyone in the room to ask more questions around this critical thinking around what we do with our thoughts and feelings. Um, and I just wanted to make mention that because you brought it up that I think we have a lot of work to do with uh, the importance that we place on thoughts and feelings today, as opposed to you using what people do as their behaviors and actions as a pretty clear indication <laughs> as to as to what they're like, you know, you, to your back to your point. Well, uh, you know, what's going on? Well, this is what your actions were. Oh, you will. You were an asshole. It says here you were an asshole for 20 years. OK, <laughs> this, is, this is you're still an asshole, you know, as opposed. Well, how do you feel about that? I don't care about how you feel about it. Your your actions dictated how we should judge. You see, I'm, and I'm yeah. sure people are reading between the lines on that one for today. But um, so that's where I'd like. Uh, I just wanted to make that point of the what I see going on today is a, is a general general issue. No, I would agree with that. I'm just I'm imagining the asshole dossier, that the, <laughs> asshole, the asshole CV that it says here in 1996. This you, is you what had, happened. You were an asshole. This <laughs> is what it says. Yeah, yeah. It just like came, you know, red red light through looking through the thing. Asshole. Okay, review back. Asshole. Okay, re keep reviewing. Yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, no, I agree with that. And then to your uh, earlier point, yeah, I mean, I, I first of all, I appreciate uh, the compliment and you saying that. And you know, for anyone who's who's listening to what I just said and was like, wait, well, huh? Uh, uh, in terms of, of course, we can choose our feelings. Like Bernard Borofsky, my free will teacher, two thousand four, two thousand five. I remember like one of my favorite courses uh, in 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 college. Still one of my favorite philosophical topics, and I remember him like dropping it like it was nothing like we don't choose what we what we want uh and just like wait what yeah on your, your early uh, 20s right yeah yeah and i was just like no like, right. um now the distinction i do want to make for people that uh, just just so that we can be clear uh just because it, it, it is a it yeah it is kind of a you're bonk. going down the road <laughs> There's two senses of choose what we want. So, you know, uh, what I'm saying is I don't have any choice about whether I like, or I, I have, I have no direct voluntary control over whether I like philosophy, reading books and, you know, participating in powerlifting. I don't have direct voluntary control over that. I can't now the free will question is one of like, you know, can you choose or not given those wants to do something? Now, I'm I'm pretty firm in the camp of like, yes, you you can choose to do either that or not that, even though you have uh, certain feelings. But the point that I think anyone to the debate pretty much has to grant, but if if not, email us at fitnessandphilosophy at gmail.com and I'm happy to hear counter arguments mm -hmm. that based on your genetics, the country you were born into, your parents, what you were exposed to as a a child, like a lot of what you like and don't like is not in your direct voluntary control. You know, I, I don't really like peanut butter, sushi or beer. And I don't think I'll ever like peanut butter, sushi or beer, like no matter how much I try and, you know, and it's, it's certainly not something I can directly voluntarily, uh, switch. So, uh, when you think about that and recognize the implications of it, it's pretty profound. So, uh, yeah, just, just to clarify. Always brings us back to the teenage masturbation conversation. Yep. 
Always yep. centers back to that one. Yeah. What yep. you choose or don't choose to uh, to yeah, <laughs> however you're feeling a certain way about things, you know, that, that's not in your direct voluntary control. Now what you do after that, that's that's up to you. <laughs> oh man. Yep. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Um, so obviously we, we talked about a lot of this above as well, but just, uh, you know, connecting it more to fitness habits and becoming the ideal you, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's an interesting question how fitness and health specifically can help make you a better person. And I just listed some examples here. So like pushing yourself ever so slightly beyond your capabilities in the gym every day cultivates, not just, you know, confidence, but also like long-term resilience, uh, prepping your own meals, autonomy, going to bed at a consistent time, discipline, refraining from excessive food and drink consumption, temperance, setting goals for yourself and sticking to them, self-trust. So yeah, I figured we could just maybe start with that, this notion of there's a way in which fitness and health, whether one wants to use the term therapy or not, uh, obviously they, they're two different realms and they you know operate in different ways, but there's a way in which engaging and fitness and health activities can make you overall a better person that goes beyond just, Hey, I can prep my meals now and eat the right things. That, that's the central point. Yeah. And I do like those uh, words you used, uh, almost seems like, you know, us building our own, uh, you know, words and virtues that we have inside of BLGs or OPEX or, you know, our own language. I really appreciate that. And, uh, I don't just want to jump over it cause it's not important but I still do want to uh, maybe redefine what I mean when I say the therapeutic paradigm is that the, ther the ther therapeutic paradigm or the rehab concept uh, really, it, it doesn't really exist if the, if the intentions are based upon this premise of you believing that there is a personal ideal for you. And if, if I'm the judge of that, that personal ideal is a concept of vitality and, and um, you know, uh, this uh, self-knowledge, you know, over time where it becomes obvious to yourself that the things that you partook, partook in, call them habits, right, with good intentions led to this, then you can see how I, I don't, I don't need to call that therapy. Do you know what I'm saying? So you may have been a minus three. And you want to get to a plus five, right? If I'm just using the number continuum as plus five, meaning like the highest, uh, the highest order for yourself, um, then it's actually not therapeutic. What's therapeutic is you doing it, uh, but your intentions and your awareness is not there. Um, yeah, the intentions are or maybe, well, I'm just doing it because other people are doing it, or I'm just doing it because that's what the coach said, or I'm just doing it, you know what I'm saying? Um, or I'm doing it because I really do think I'm going to be a better person. And this is why I got tripped up on the James Clear uh, point, right? It's like, well, maybe you won't be a better person. So that that's why I just wanted to clear up that. Um, and, uh, but otherwise... I love the I love the words there um, that can, you know, uh, and I'm just giving it giving it uh, giving it energy 
or or time because uh, we sometimes forget about that all the all the great things that can come from habits that people develop right because they they will make you into a better individual person like a person of yourself by those particular habits there's no doubt um, and I could go on and on just specifically with the as you know with the autonomy one but maybe I'll pick a little bit on the resilience one just think about that with you know the uh, the adaptation and the self-awareness of the adaptation of getting like I like to call it tripped up right like or wow you are on your eighth rep you discovered on your own on a dumbbell press that your right side wouldn't go up as good as your left side right that that is getting tripped up it's getting tripped up by you willfully participating in a challenge right so that leads to you going interesting you know what am I going to do about that? Right. Are you going to ask questions? Are you going to whine? Are you just going to like take a video and show it on Instagram? Look, look, look at my messed up asymmetry of my pec minor connection to the clavicle. Does it, you know, or are you just going to be like, okay, this is, this is interesting. You know um, you know, I, I could not do that. And that's what I love about the concept of resilience and what physical challenges can offer people because to summarize it down into Henry Rollins language, right? The iron never lies. It will, it will give you truth, right? Of saying you all the time, you cannot do this. And that in turn will uh, quote unquote trip you up, right? And give you a, a soft landing. Hopefully most times won't, maybe it won't be a torn hamstring, torn adductor, um, but it'll, uh, it'll teach you and it'll, uh, develop resilience just to pick on one of those yeah absolutely and i think it, it goes back to um you know you had obviously done an episode of uh live a larger life on auton that book autonomy and knowledge which we had talked about um and we've talked at various points about like you know the exoskeleton that's exercising you but like all the all this stuff that we're discussing today connects back into this notion of like what uh and it's called an opexoskeleton by the way oh uh, tm tm that's uh <laughs> trademark it now <laughs> man oh that's 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 a good one that's yeah that's a good one exoskeleton i have a lot more uh, of these up there yeah and if that if that does not like and and that's that's almost like a contradiction in terms like the opex part like speaks against <laughs> the very concept of the exoskeleton that's what makes uh, it better <laughs> yeah um but but that's that's kind of the point is that um with with this notion of uh that we we're talking about today about whether you want to call them habits or actions that you repeatedly engage in or what have you you know if the extra if the exoskeleton the opexoskeleton is just exercising you unconsciously you know while you're asleep or what have you like none of these personal benefits of resilience or anything like that is coming from that at all and it's 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 of a piece with that point from autonomy of knowledge and like again if you know, the book is being downloaded to your brain, um, but without the um, the requisite effort or struggle or challenge, you're missing out on something. So that's that's kind of the that's that's one of the main points of today is that it's it's not it's not just the outcome you're searching for. It's not just the habits. It's the way in which engaging in the habits and trying to acquire the habits and then eventually sustain the habits changes who you are as as a person at a fundamental level in a way in which, you know, if there was an exoskeleton walking me around at night to like grocery shop and cook my meals, like you're not going to get the same effect. So 
Yeah. And it does bring up our continuing uh, issues that we're going to have with where we mesh with artificial intelligence, right? Um, uh, of, you know, quote unquote, you know, we just kind of laugh at it. But uh, for example, my daughter discovers, we were having some questions the other night from her AP World History course on uh, uh, what was it? Oh, proxy wars uh, that went on Vietnam at the time of Vietnam, Vietnam uh, and the Cold War stuff and the conversation around that. Um, so the uh, the 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 more quote unquote because I go, let's go back and rewind Robbie's words. It won't help you at all. I totally agree with that language at all uh, because if we go back and and say, well, how how am I forming knowledge based upon just that particular topic, right? If I just did a Google search and it actually came up because as weird as it was, you know, it's not weird anymore, but our search queries, right? And the language and us saying it, our phone knew and our Google knew that's what we're looking for, right? So you see that. So did I, did we learn about that? I'm not sure if we did learn about that. We didn't do the hard work, right? So I just wanted to pin it, pick on that for uh, seeing how, why I'm so adamant around action. You know, people, you know, you got, there has to be, you got to, you got to willfully do something that is physically challenging, right? And uh, all those things can unfold after that, of those physical challenges that are hard work. Right. Because because the, they're real. I guess that's what I'm getting at there. There's something real to the physical challenges that uh, can create resilience as opposed to the opposite. Yeah, agreed. And um, I think another important point related to that is that, um, you know, I know you've got your the six F's uh, fitness, faith, family, friends, fun. What, what's what what's what are the six F's again? Uh, fun, family, fitness, finance, finance, um, faith, faith, friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, there are, there are different ways fun, to split family, fitness, finance, faith, friends. <clears throat> yeah. So there are different ways to split things up. I mean, sometimes I'll think of things in terms of personal, professional health, wealth, they, you know, you, you can, you yeah. can split it up different ways, but. I was thinking of, you know, philosophers are always thinking like, what is the nature of this thing? And what, what makes, where, where is there an asymmetry between this and other things? So like when we think of health and fitness, again, human nature may change in the future. Technology may change in the future, but right now, and for all of human history, no one else can do the health ones for you. You know, you could be Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, and you could have people cook for you. You could have the best gym in the world, the best, you know bed in the world, but you still need to be the one to sit down and eat the healthy meals. You still need to be the one to lift the dumbbells. You still need to be the one to walk out in the sun. You still need to be the one to do the breathing techniques and to sleep. And whereas if someone is sufficiently wealthy, they never need to worry about finances again. They never, you know, they never need to worry about driving a car or doing taxes or you could, there are people who are sufficiently wealthy that never see their kids. They send them to a boarding school and hire multiple nannies and not saying that's right or good, but I'm just saying like you can quite literally outsource those things that you you cannot. If you were like literally the richest person on earth, you cannot do that. So that notion of like reality smacking you back in the face, like with health and fitness practices, it's a very 
we need good virtuous habits in lots of different areas of life, but there's something unique about health and fitness that you cannot outsource this. Yes. Maybe, maybe asterisk yet, but I think it's going to be a while yet. So (laughs) until the Opexo skeleton is revealed under the merchandise section in coach RX in eight years. Yeah. The, uh, it'll it'll be on, uh, it'll be on T public and our, our, our marketing will be, we do it all for you. Yep. (laughs) Eight thousand dollars on T Public. Um, uh, so I had a what couple. What we do with things. all the money then, though? I don't know. I don't know. Will, will money even mean anything anymore when right. no one's when one's working? Right. Who knows? Um, I had a couple other things down here, but I I I didn't want to forget about because I I was interested. I wanted to if you wanted to talk about it, I wanted to hear more about that notion of um you know, habits, linear progression, being more masculine versus kind of mm. uh, a different way to think about it. Yeah. Any, any, any thoughts there? And yeah, for sure. Um, it just comes up. Uh, if I was to take a, you know, a long-term view of all the people that I've consulted with and thought about these things of like putting things in place that are going to help individuals and then more so through experience, less so about the uh, the technical reading that I've done on this particular thing, you know, so I got to the reading on these, like two different areas of, it's not only, you know, just two different areas, but it it allows this base support to understand the masculine feminine. And I, and I use those, those terms to kind of help it where I got to that point where it's, it's recognizing. And then I see it all the time, right? I see it in my wife, my girls, and then I see it in my buddies, you know, and then you start extrapolate out. We do have to ask this question around, is the language sufficient uh, and effective for all people, right? For all people. That's what I ask inside of the language around habit formation is that we do need to recognize that the way that we think of things like using using terms like, you know, uh, patient and progression and and I'll just use the the more constant ones, right? you know, hard work and resilience, et cetera, whether we like it or not, that is very attractive to the masculine. It's very attractive because, and the reason why we need to understand it's attractive to the masculine without getting tripped up over, you know, sex differences, et cetera, just, it's just that it resonates. So I like, I like focusing on, well, what resonates for, to my point, like if, if everyone is like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what resonates to the other group of what I'm saying there? And what resonates to the other group, all I'm saying is somewhat different. Uh, Now, the way that you can think about it, and I put it in systems of progression that uh, allow people to go, aha, we still arrive at the same point. Yes, but you may need to use different language on the progress of habit formation because it won't resonate with one particular group. And so what that system looks like, I call it linear progression, right? Maybe not, I won't speak for you, but for me and for that masculine temperament, you know, that like step-by-step approach, the ladder and the da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, like that, that's like, yeah, exactly. You know, there's an ideal, it's going to get better. It's that way, you know, whereas you really need to take a lot of consultations with individuals that that doesn't resonate with to realize that. It's a circular upward momentum that's used that's different than a linear progression 
Now, the thing that we have a problem with on that in the masculine temperament is that it, it you know, we all these questions come up as like, no, what comes after step three is step four, and then it's step five. <laughs> I don't make sense. So when we look at the other side, it's like, oh, you're being inconsistent, you're being impatient, you're being cyclical, you're being like, see, see the the, the conversation thrown on the other side is like. So it's it's actually not inconsistent. It's not. What happens is that they're just progressing with different language and a different method. And so the way that they learn and progress, even through habits, is, uh, I would call it the multivariate version. It's not a linear version. It's like it's circular and it it uh, changes and it goes down and up and and it, and it ends up though with progression for habit formation. So that's what I wanted to just particularly pick on for the language. So any coaches listening in could just take a pause of taking this ideas of habit formation and then really try to suss out. And, and it, it actually is beneficial. Don't worry about what you're gonna get jammed up in, right? Just sussing out who's in front of you and how they're going to resonate with the language you use for habit formation. And then more, secondly, just recognize what resonates with you may not resonate in language and direction for a lot of other people. That's the reason why I want to pick on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's super interesting and, and certainly relevant. Um, so, you know, I guess, whereas, and correct me if I'm wrong in characterizing it this way. So as someone who's kind of maybe stuck on the linear progression thing is like, oh, you know, this week we're going to do three real whole food meals and the next week we're going to do four and then five. You're saying something, you know, could be going on where it's like someone's ready to do three and then the next week it's, uh, well, I got to go back to one and then, okay, well, now I go up to five and it's it like more like that type thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I so shouldn't be giggling at the, your understanding of it, but the way, you, the way that I could see you processing it is in a, is in a masculine temperament, right? Yes. It's just the way we process things. Like, so what you're telling me is that you actually can go, you know, and so let's just play it out in that particular context a slightly different way, Robbie, right? Just think about how the coach would view that. So uh, you give a, and I'll just use it for terminologies. So people please, you know, just pause for a second. You know, so you're giving this context to a female, okay? And then a week later after the quote unquote plan you have in place, She's like, well, I want to try a different diet. Do you see the the coach? The coach most times will immediately see that as like, but that's so inconsistent. Like, why don't we just stick to what we had? Like, I mean, you only been you've only been doing it for five days. So, to see, this is the thing: is that it's all about perception as to what you see as the downgrade. Maybe because maybe the coach is like, oh, that's a downgrade. We're not because we're not going in the direction of what we said, right? So that's why you know it's it's important to say. You have to pause and go, now, are there possible things that they will learn from that, you know, various option, right? That'll bring them back to like an aha moment of the first one that you both agreed upon and prescribed. But do you see how much patience it takes in that to recognize this like, whoa, you know, it's like it's moving around and pricking up all these things. But in my point, when it's elongated out, it's actually quite progressive. Um, and uh, when it's not judged um, and seen as being, and this is why I wanted to pick on the words um, that we want to use, you know, some will see that as being 
inconsistent. But but it's not. If the outcomes are better, do you see over time? Yeah. So I just wanted to uh, agree with yes, the way the description you'd given uh, was exactly right. Uh, but to make it in more context, just think about how many coaches would get stuck on that. It's like, oh my gosh, can't go backwards. It's not possible. But it's all about the perception of backwards. Yeah. Yeah. No, the nutrition good. thing is not a good one, but I've, I've seen it happen so many times where it's like, listen, you just got to be patient in this, you know, that uh, it'll come back and reminders and, you know. Well, I mean, let's, let's take the fitness example. So, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of work. A lot of what OPEX teaches is, you know, the the uh, twenty mile march and uh, you know, hop on a bike for sixty minutes and let's you know do the uh, the sustainable stuff that's going to build your aerobic base. And then someone comes back the next week and is like, yeah, well, P ninety X or burn boot camp or you know what what have you. And uh, yeah, I mean, there I think there is something to the notion of yeah, uh, what's what's that Sharon quote? Uh, Don't rob them of their failures, uh, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's something to that, but yeah, there's, there's this interesting question of like, uh, sussing out in terms of the individual in front of you, like, when are they being, um, when is that more, when is that more like exploratory and just trying to figure things out versus just, um, yeah. frequency popping because they, you know, can't stick to anything. Yeah. That's a, bit, yeah. It, 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 that's a real thing for a coach. You're absolutely right. That's like a real it's yeah. a real on the ground like thing that happens quite frequently. Yeah, and just give 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 a couple of seconds to you can hear it in Robbie's words. There, you know, I want to illuminate that it is a real thing. Said a different way, it's really important uh, because you have to be able to recognize that it's. And I, I, I you know, when I get it in a language, masculine, feminine, a lot of people just get stuck. Just remember, like that's a that's a monstrous continuum. But you do need to recognize that it's quite easy, right? To just assume a habitual masculine language is going to work, right? But that's at the far end of the spectrum, right? There's there's like multiple iterations in between. And to your point, that is really important because humans are quite diverse, right? We're quite diverse in all the little things that are going to get us to that direction. But if I was to create a base support to help all coaches, just recognize there are some differences between one side of the continuum and the other, and taking a pause to reflect on, you know, language. This would be the, I would say, this would be the most vanilla upgraded prescription of it is for you to use what Bernie was always a master of this. He would use both of those pieces of words in the questioning, right? So he would use, you know, uh, linear or uh, just use my terms, linear or multivariate, right? And so you would ask the question with those two things inside. And then you would see the, the what's going on in their eyes of like, ah, they're, they're like connecting to, oh, I'll choose door B. So that that's generally a way to like, you've offered this, like, well, we can go this direction. Uh, how does it feel to you to go in this one or this one? And they're like, oh, this definitely works for me right now. Of course, there gotta be context to the question and et cetera, but that's my most vanilla offering to coaches that you could always just be safe in offering uh you know two different two different methods i'm not sure if that's helpful but yeah no that makes sense i mean another <clears throat> another thing i'll sometimes do or you know very often do if we run into a wall is just like well what do you think we should try next yeah. what what yes. you know um and then but th- then i do think like at a certain point that and that that may be a way because i do think practically this is a really important 
uh, topic long term, like sussing out. There are people who are legit program hoppers. That's that. That's just a thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's probably not a good thing long term. But then there is. I you know I I uh, I would agree and tend to believe that like there are people who aren't program hoppers. Like there is a virtuous way in which you know you could kind of progress in this this different manner that you described. Um, I still think at a base level, and I, I could be wrong here. I think that's a very interesting discussion. I do think like one of the most important things, whether it's nutrition coaching or what have you, again, is this notion of like, did you say you were going to do the thing? And then did you do the thing yeah. like that, that, that like fundamental piece, whether it's like we changed it from week to week, we moved yeah. to another area of discipline. You know, we said, Hey, we're going to pause on the real whole food meals from this for now. And we're going to focus on reducing diet Cokes or increasing sleep. Like, at a fundamental level, there's this notion of like um, self-trust of like, did we make a really small promise about like, okay, we're going from six Diet Cokes to five Diet Cokes. Mm-hmm. And you said it, you're the one, like it wasn't imposed on you. Yeah. You were the one who said it. Got on video. Uh, yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> Got you recorded in your, your deposition. <laughs> um, you know, did, did you do the thing? And of course, every, every one of us, you know, in, in the course of, you know, a year, multiple years, we're going to have, you know, occasional weeks off, but as it's like week after week, after week, after week of like, let's try this. And it's a really small thing, but you didn't do it. Let's try this. It's a really small thing, but you didn't do it. Okay. Well now we've got a program hopper. So I, I do think that, um, I do think one of the things that fitness and health habits can help cultivate that applies to every aspect of life is this notion of, um, self-trust of like can you make a promise to yourself that you then keep um and again none, none of us are infallible or perfect with that but i do think that's like one of the higher order um aspects that that can be gained from from that agreed i would add to that uh awareness or just as different language awareness of that whole process um and then of course you coming up with the ideal version for yourself you still have to keep, you still have to keep that in sight, right? Um, and also uh, inside of this questioning that you're gonna go through, yeah, I would agree that it's the awareness, and that's that's what I kind of lend to. You know, it doesn't always doesn't always end up like that where you're like, oh, well, you know, just keep coming back, and I'll just keep, you know, you just keep paying for consultations. I've been patient enough over time to see that actually that. I would agree with you. It's not in a lot of cases, but in some cases, it's that self-reflection that does build self-trust, but it's more so the awareness of it where they're like, you know, I'm just getting exhausted by me saying that I'm going to go to five Diet Cokes and I just didn't do it. And it kind of, it kind of clicks over time, but what does that take? Right. That takes patience, right? It does take patience of possibly recognizing it's just not at this time but it still includes your point, right? That he, listen, <laughs> are we still, we're still agreeing that you said that, right? Okay, let's get on with things, you know? Yeah. Like, I just don't know how many times I've said that. Yeah. Right? Like, so you, we we were just, just before we get out there again. <laughs> yeah, it's uh like we said at one point, it's either going to be the in-body song or it's going to be the millionth instance of me hearing that. That's going to be a psychotic break and uh <laughs> Me just you know clapping like some tambourines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pexoskeleton pets. Yep. Where's that coming from? <laughs>
But that, I mean, that that point that you made that does get to like what we were again, what we've been saying about you know AI and other things like that realization of like, uh, yeah, I keep saying it, but you know, I keep having the five or six Diet Cokes or what have you. Like, you're not going to get that realization from like Chat GPT telling you Diet Cokes is bad, bad for you. Do you know what I mean? Like that mm -hmm. that that is insufficient. Like there there are these higher order things about following through on commitments, being struck by reality becoming a better person that uh, are part of the health and fitness journey that that can't be, at least as of now, gleaned from the uh, the shortcut method. So <clears throat> So yeah, and then I guess you know the last two are really maybe some broader picture stuff uh, that you know we can either, try to address now or maybe jam on later, you know, but just this, this question of, I mean, going back to, you know, one of your projects that you've talked about a lot about, like, you know, what if we had a society where everyone knows how to do this from a young age, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just, I think one of the important points there is that it's not just that we would have less issues with, you know, diabetes or prescription drug use is like, we'd probably have better people. We probably have a better society as a result. Um, so it's a lot, it's a lot bigger and grander than just like, oh, people know how to take care of their health without hiring a coach. It's like, no, they're probably going to be generally better people too, if they're engaging in this stuff on a regular basis. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, thank you for posing that as, you know, opportunity for me to discuss those similar things over and over that I ruminate on. But uh, I also want to mention that over the past couple of years, I have also been thinking about that metaphorical idea of what would happen if and if that did take place what if um and i have been whether right or wrong questioning you know would we still just have quote unquote all better health but still be you know still just be kicking dirt you know still be restless uh based upon just what is actually available for us to come up with 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 challenges and things today you know, so quote unquote, sickness is taken away and we got all these ideas around vitality and 90% of people all live their best human potential self, right? Without undue stressors imposed based upon ourself, you know, let's just take that idea in mind. I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that, you know, would that lead to like uh, a even faster, i.e. Moore's law, you know, cognitive development, you know? And what, what, you know, to back to our point we discussed previously, would that just like speed up our ability to make shit easier for ourselves? You see where it goes, right? So there's that, you know, wonderful, uh, you know, balance in where my brain goes on the, that metaphorical idea um, of uh, better for all and all in a better place. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure what that would. I'm not sure either. I mean, I, I think it, I think it's yeah. I think it's a, a very good point, and it's important to ask those types of questions. I mean, armchair philosophizing. I feel like generally people would probably be more resilient, both mentally and physically. I feel like you know, um, not all, but certainly a lot of the things that we deal with today in terms of. Um, like responsibility and self-discipline and stuff like that would be better. But, but you're right. You know, could, could it just 
be taken in that totally other direction. Yeah, like uh, what what would we put on our uh, TikTok or Instagram? Like, right? Because everyone looks everyone looks great. Um, I'm thinking back to that because it's that the struggle, time. right? It's victim struggle. I mean, that's that's the it's like oh look at us, we're getting you know uh, this is what they're doing to us, you know, like that's the that's the what happens if there was none of that it's like oh it's right there in front of you we all agree this is what happens <laughs> so you know i just keep thinking we'd still have government regulations on things right It'd be like okay well all right let's work that one out anyways it's a um i just i shouldn't have i shouldn't have took us in that direction based upon your your setup softball setup for me <laughs> like a, oh that's a nice little lob there of uh, how can these uh, habits turn into a better society? Um, no, but I mean, they, they they do relate. And I do think that can like that, that reality piece can be an antidote to exactly what you were talking. I mean, not, not perfectly, not always, but yeah, I, hmm. I do think it can be an anti antidote in, in some ways to uh, that way of looking at things that has somehow become um, much more pervasive today and you know but again it, it does get to these questions of like what aspects of human nature are fundamental and just aren't going away you know what i mean like there are still going to be people who want to steal and they're still going to you know are they just going to be better able to do it now that they're yeah. fit yeah. um you know um or with better technology with higher collective cognitive development from yeah. everyone eating broccoli you see it's like well you know i think that i think it does another cut line there is you know, I guess, depending upon how we see humans in our lived experiences and what that whole re it comes back to reason and meaning, I think, you know, because a lot would see it as, you know, suffering as the ultimate, the thing that we got to go through is this form of suffering, you know, in different words, learning through habits, right, in order to get to this form of salvation. Uh, but and then others would would think that's not the case. Uh, I generally sit in the camp of, um, you know, accepting that we can, you know, what is meaning? Well, meaning uh, is us realizing we have, we have developed to the point where we can actually ask the question of what is meaning. That, that, that's the, that's, in my opinion, that's the whole, that's the whole shebang. <laughs> it's like, we can actually ask those questions. That's it, you know, period. Uh, and you, so you could see that that's a, that doesn't involve the the other option, right? Of like, oh no, it's got to be it's got to be this monstrosity of struggle and suffering because those people suffered, you know, or that person suffered, and so we have to resemble that in our day to day practice. Um, I think that could be a cut line there too. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, that's the top one, right? Yeah, I mean, I. I've thought about that type of stuff, but yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to know and antecedently predict what's going to be the, uh, the case as a result of trying to implement that stuff. I generally think it would lead to better things, but I I'm thinking back to that, uh, to the AI podcast that you sent me that we were talking about before the call where, um, they mentioned an example where, you know, you ask the AI to make you the richest person in the world and it kills everyone else. Right. And it's like, yeah, you are but like, that, that was the unintended consequence right so yeah it's 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 hard to see those things uh 
So yeah, but, but that, that, I mean, that's the hard part with any societal change, right? Is like, we, we're, try, we're trying to do the thing that's trying to make the things better. Like it would, and again, another connection from the AI podcast would be like, oh, we're just trying to maximize efficiency. Like what could be wrong with that? Uh, like we're, we're, you know, with fitness and health, we're just trying to maximize uh, health and wellness. What could be wrong with that? But yeah, it's, I don't antecedently see too much in the way of negative consequences, but you're right. It's, it's, it's hard to tell. Mm -hmm. it's hard to, so. Yeah. <clears throat> um yeah those were most of my main thoughts for uh that any any final or additional thoughts no, on uh that was that was great uh it um i took down a bunch of notes i've got a lot of questions to uh just sit down with and think about um you know some areas it, where it was helpful for me i've uh redesigned in my own mind another another concept of the goal formation and process and, you know, the quote unquote habits that are inside of that. Um, I was appreciative of having the, the opportunity to explain my ongoing thought process around uh, how masculine feminine perceptions are different with regards to habit formation and the language around that. Um, yeah. And then always I appreciate the, that connection between the, uh, the, uh, the the meaning the meaning of it all and and it always it always blends through so i'm always appreciative of having a uh co uh co-conspirator in that uh, conversation yeah absolutely and yeah i mean i i really appreciated a lot of the uh yeah the just different uh challenges you you put up against you know uh, um you know the james clear stuff and the language and like i think i think that stuff is always important and the idea of like you you know like we were saying before one could become really well versed at torture and be really good at falling through and consistent with torture and like that doesn't necessarily mean one is becoming a better person through those through those habits and then yeah i really i enjoyed the uh the masculine feminine feminine discussion and uh uh yes as, as you and i both know we tend to be a little bit more on the uh linear progression side of things and just uh yeah just yeah <laughs> uh, um but yeah uh and then yeah just some yeah i i our discussion kind of led me to think of the uh that notion of like um the, almost this almost this like pyramid of of habits of behaviors where like there's kind of the i think we had talked at one point about like meta ethics ethics and applied ethics yeah i think it might be something like that with habits where like mm -hmm down at the bottom is like, Oh, Brandon and I will often talk about this, this time, uh, but, but talk about this with regard to like, um, you know, uh, client compliance or just, you know, uh, getting people to get on board with self-discipline. It's like, well, if I went over to their apartment, like would their bills be paid on time? You know, are there a thousand emails in their inbox? Like when's yep. the last time you checked a text message, like those types of things. So I feel like they're like on the ground, like, has your water recently been shut off, not due to insufficient funds, but you didn't pay the bill? That's right. And, uh, you know, did you make your meals? That's like the on the ground stuff. And then there's like the higher order, like self-trust, resilience stuff that come, that bubbles up and down from yeah. those times. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I do appreciate that. Thanks for that as a reminder of what I did appreciate of the wording of that in the top and bottom. Yeah. It also, for another time, just for me, I'm just saying it out loud to think about, again, 
uh, you know, virtue comma action, you know, that brings back to the premise of your starting point, right? On Aristotle's view versus Kant. And um, anyways, I'm appreciative of that to kind of work around, you know, the, uh, the ultimate uh, OPEX North Korea angle. I think uh, maybe, oh man, this would be real fitness and philosophy. We have the Aristotle edition of the shirt, which is action comma virtue. And then the Kant version, which is virtue comma action. Sire, do your work. And uh, yeah, maybe it says like on the, maybe on the back, it reveals like, oh, Aristotle. Or on the back, it says Kant. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll do something on that one. But uh, yeah, I like that. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Thanks.